0: hold on. Okay. Okay. Uh, Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, Be'ezrat Hashem. uh, Pesach is almost upon us. We're past Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And uh, so the next two weeks will be dedicated to the laws of preparation for Pesach. This week we will deal with Hilchot Leila Seder next week, depending on on how it goes, we'll either continue Hilchot Leila Seder or we will touch on preparations for Pesach, especially this year where Pesach falls on Motzei Shabbat, and there are slight differences and nuances in our preparation for Shabbat. So let's start with uh, today's year, which is Leila Seder, um, and it's important to get a perspective in terms of. What is our obligations on Le'la Seder? Um, there are many things that we do. We know the Kadesh, ya Yachatz, Karpas, many things, many minhagim. What is an obligation as a Torah obligation? What is a rabbinical commandment? And what is a minhag? So to the, in the times of the Gemara, or sorry, not the Gemara, in the times of the Beit HaMikdash, there was a mitzvah to eat matzah. From the Torah, there was a mitzvah to eat maror, and of course, the... Mitzvah was to eat also the Karban Pesach, and the Karban Pesach came with many, many mitzvot of how to eat it, not to break bones, etc., etc., and so when on, on Lela Seder, one could fulfill many, many mitzvot, the on uh, regarding how one ate, the matzah, the maror, and the Karban Pesach, and all of the mitzvot that came with the Karban Pesach. Besides from the eating uh, a, a mitzvot, there was also the mitzvah of sipur Yetziat Mitzrayim, of teaching our children, of telling the story of the Exodus to our children. So today, obviously, things are quite different. We don't have a Beit HaMikdash, we don't go up to Yerushalayim, we don't eat the carbon Pesach. So what remains on a Torah level, and there are only two mitzvot that we'll discuss in more detail, and the one is eating matzah, and the second one is telling Sipur yitzhak Mitzrayim. Over and above that, there are many rabbinic obligations, such as the four cups of wine and reclining, etc., and saying Hallel. So we're going to we will discuss all of that uh, in this week's share. But it's very important to understand there are two mitzvot from the Torah, there are a few mitzvot from the rabbis, and there are many many minhagim. Uh, that are part and parcel of uh, the Leil <clears> HaSeder. <throat> so let's begin. What is uh, the Rambam gives us a very nice structure of Leil HaSeder. He says like this, Every one of the four cups of wine, One says a bracha uh, for each individual cup. We'll see that that's a big Discussion amongst the Rishonim whether one makes a separate bracha on each. However, that's not our focus now. The Rambam tells us, "Kos Rishon Omer Lab Kiddush Hayom." The first cup, we say Kiddush. Kos Sheni Korel Abet The second cup is reciting it over the the Magid, the Sipur Yitzya Mitzrayim. Kos Rishim Abarechalab Birkat Mazon. The third cup was instituted as part of Birkat HaMazon. The Kos Ravi Omer the fourth cup is Halel and Birkat ashir. Perhaps if we, we get to it, there's an essay at the end of this uh, that discusses maybe the differences between Halel and Birkat ashir. Between the first cup and the second cup, one can drink, one can add cups. However, after the third, between the third and the fourth cup, one cannot add because the third cup was birkat meaning we have concluded the meal. Now, if you want to add a cup, why are you adding a cup? This could be a problem of being Mossif or the Takana of Chaza. If you, during the meal, you want to drink some more, that, that's not adding, that's just part of the, part of the order, so that doesn't seem to be a problem. Now that's going to have enough gamina. However, the Rambam, uh, without going into the Halakhot, the Rambam has told us there are four main portions of the Lela Seder. The first is Kiddush, the second is Sipur Yetziat Mitzrayim, the Magid, the third is Birkat Hamazon, and the fourth is Halal. And according to the Rambam, that is why the sages divided or instituted four cups of wine. Rashi, on the other hand, says as follows, based on the Gemurray, and and for those who are learning Daf Yomi, it's Mamash Mina shamaim It's really we're now in the middle of arve Psachim, so it's a perfect opportunity to prepare for the Halachot of Leila Seder. And the Gemara says, ba'Arba All are obligated in the four cups of wine. Echad Anashim, Echad Nashim, Both men, women, and children. The Gemara has a Machloket about children, but everyone agrees that men and women. And children on a certain level are also obligated. And the Rambam explains why. Every generation, a person is obligated to show as if he himself was freed from the slavery of Egypt. He took us in in, the first person out you shall remember that you were once a slave. As if I myself, if you yourself, what, what was, if you were a slave and you went uh, and you were redeemed. Therefore, says the Rambam, who may save Derek says the Rambam, how do we show our freedom? We recline as kings. And everyone is obligated to drink four cups of wine. The Rambam implies that the obligation of drinking wine is really part of showing that we are free people. A slave doesn't drink, definitely doesn't drink four cups of wine and therefore This is part of us showing that we are free people. And that's why the sages instituted that we have to drink four cups of wine. Even a person who's living of charity, the people, uh, the welfare, people that are are, are supplying people with food, have to ensure that every person has at least four, uh, uh, four cups of wine. Rashi gives a slightly different explanation, not necessarily arguing with the Rambam, but the, Rambam, the Rashi says as follows: Arba kosot keneged arba loshonei geula hamorim begalut mitsrayim v'otzad v'otzayti etchem v'yitzal ti etchem v'galti etchem v'lekarti etchem. That the four languages or phrases of redemption. According to Rashi, the the sages really instituted four cups of wine according to the four uh, languages of redemption. So it comes out that we've seen two things. We've seen that according to the Rambam, drinking was instituted as part of showing that we are free people, i.e. a slave cannot recline, a slave cannot drink wine. Free people can do that. So that's why the sages instituted. According to Rashi, the sages instituted it parallel to the four languages of freedom. Now, it's, very, it's not necessarily that the Rambam and the Rashi are arguing. It could be that the sages instituted drinking wine to show that we free people. How many cups to drink? Here the sages uh, discovered uh, the four or, or decided to parallel it based on the four languages of redemption, of Gaula. Therefore, there's not necessarily any contradiction between Rashi and the Ramba. Now, the question, the famous question is how much does a person have to drink? And here it says the Gemara, usually, if we're not talking about Hilchot, uh, Hilchot uh, Lela Seder, we know when it comes to Kiddush, the Gemara usually talks about melolug mav, a cheekful, which is for, for the average person, it's a rov ravit, it's a majority of ravit. The Gemarim Psachim says Amar that a person has to drink the majority of a cup. Rovkos. And we're very familiar with this phrase, Rovkos. We always talk about make sure you drink Rovkos. The truth is is that the concept of Rovkos is only mentioned regarding Leila Seder. It's not mentioned regarding Kiddush or any of the other times where we, we, we make a brocha over a cup of wine. It's only mentioned this concept of Rav Kos regarding Leila Seder. And here comes the Machlok Rishonim. Tosvot explains that the phrase that the Gemara used, Rav Kos, is not a unique halacha. It's, this, it's the basic halacha that we have in Kiddush and Avdala, etc., etc. that what? Says Tosvot, hainu k'melolo that is a Cheekful, because, because the why? Because the, a, a usual cup, a standard cup in the times of Chazal, they had standard cups, and that was a ravit. And we know that, that you have to drink melolugma, a Cheekful, for the majority of people, a Cheekful is rovkos. it's the majority of a ravit. So therefore, when we talk about Rav Kos, Rav Ravit, it's all one and the same. And therefore, according to Toswat, although the Gemara uses a unique phrase, it's not a unique halacha. It's basically the same halacha as usual, just as we have to drink a cheekful, which is a Rav Ravit. For Kiddush, we also have to drink a Rav Ravit when it comes to Leila Seder of the four cups of wine. The Toswat does add Lishtot Ravit, that one should drink a revit. But even, to, even, according to the Mahmir opinion of Toswat, there's no such thing as drinking the majority of a cup. Meaning, let's say a person had a big beer mug, right? For his, uh, desire to have a beer mug for Onlela Seder. According to Toswat, you have to drink the majority of a Revit. L'chatkhila, drink an entire Revit. But that's not gonna be the majority of your beer mug, right? Says Toswat, it's not a problem. However, the Ramban, famously argues, the Ramban understood um, that when the Gemara used the language Rov Kos on Lela Seder, it is referring to a unique Halacha that only applies on Lela Seder. This is the Beit Yosef in Orachaim Siman Tafaim Bet, V'zeh Lashon Orchot Chaim, V'ramban k'atav, sh'etarich lishtot Rov Mikol Kos, a'afilu machzik even if it's a big beer mug that's got many, riviot, according to the Ramban, one does not fulfill one's obligation unless one drinks the majority of the cup. And this is uh, clarified by the Bach, by Chadash. And this is implied by the, by the language of Rov Kos. When it talks about a cup, so a person has to drink the majority of a cup, and therefore it's considered as if you've drunk drunken a cup. And the Ramban understands that when the Gemara talks about a cheekful, that was referring to the general halachot regarding Kiddish. There, the, the, one only really has to drink a sip of the cup. And by drinking a treatful, that's enough to fulfill the obligation of having a sip. Even if the cup is very big, right? Therefore you don't even in general need a drink of complete Revit. You, all you need is the majority uh, of Revit, which is the majority of a Revit. Again, if you are a giant such as Og, uh, right? Then, then maybe that would be more, but we, we're talking about a standard person, the standard size, a Cheekful is a ravit. Okay, now um, the question is, uh, why is it that according to the Rampan? According to Tosfot, there's no difference between Lela Seder and Kiddush. You only have to drink a rov Ravit. Why is it according to the Ramban, that based on the Gemara, the Gemara used a unique phrase Rav Kos, and the Ramban understand that there's a unique halacha on Lelaseder that you have to drink rov Kos. And the Bach basically explains later, it's not in this uh, paragraph that we have uh, here, the Bach explains that basically there's a un- inherent difference between Kiddush and, um, or, birkat amazon, or any other time we say a bracha over a cup, and the leil has The ikar for Kiddish and birkat is you have to bench, right? Or you have to make a bracha. How are you going to give importance to that bracha? Say it over a cup of wine. Whereas, and therefore the ikar is the bracha, but you, you, you have to give it cheshiva, so, so, so have a cup of wine. So how are you going to have a cup of wine? So take a sip. But there's no din in a cup. However, on Lela there says the Ramban, Chazal wanted us to drink four cups of wine. It's not, We we might make a bracha, we might not. We'll see that's a machlok Rishonim, whether you make a bracha on every cup of wine. But the ikar is not the bracha. The ikar is that you have to drink four cups of wine. So if you have to drink a cup of wine, so what's the definition of a cup? Then we go according to time we, we define something, we go going to rob. You, you want to know if you drank a cup of wine well did you drink the majority of the cup? That's the definition. So it says in the Ramban why should why should this be different from any other time when we're defining whether you did something or not then you go according to rob? And this is a, uh, this is a Hish of the Ramban. The question is who are we Pas so although the Ramban makes a lot of sense and fits very nicely with the language of the Gemara, the Gemara uses the phrase, "rubat kasa. Nevertheless, what is the halacha? And here the Shulchan Aruch says as follows, in our hakim tafayim bet, siftet, shiur hakos shim z'genu, r'ubo. The sheer of a cup has to be a ravi'it. So far, no, we know that a standard cup less than a is not a cup. How much do you have to drink? Kulo or r'ubo. Either the whole thing, as Tosot said, or the majority. And now comes the question, what happens if you have a beer mug? Like, that there are many reviyot. Many people can drink from the same cup. Each one drinks a reviat, and we're good to go. However, some say, now he quotes the Ramban, that one has to drink the majority of the cup even if it is a big mug that has many reviyot in, in, in contained in that uh, cup. Now we have already discussed many times when the Shulchan Aruch brings two opinions he brings the first opinion and then he brings the second opinion as a yesh omrem yeah, the, stem, the Halacha follows Stam, right? Whenever there's a Stam and a yeshomri, we go according to the first opinion and therefore it seems that the Shulchan Aruch does not obligate one to fulfill the obligation according to the shit of the Ramban rather, he pascans like Toswat. The Mishnah Brewer writes though that even though that that is a Psach of the Shulchan Aruch, after Baal Medai Berov Revit, Apilu Mikos kadu, hachle. Um, let's just go into the so the halakha follows the first opinion i.e. the opinion of Toswat, that we do not need more than, you know, if we have a big cup we don't need to drink many ravits. as long as you drink a ravit or even rov ravit, we're good to go right, however then he adds if a person knows himself he's not going to drink whole the majority of the cup one should not use a big cup so one should rather have a, an exact cup of reviet so that when one drinks the majority one also fulfills obligation according to the ramban so even though we don't paskin like the ramban says, says Bureau, whack it says why get yourself into a safek. Take a, a smaller cup, and then, and then you fulfill both the obligation, both according to Tosmat and according to the Ramban, and that is the ideal way of doing it, according to the Mishnah Bura. Now, um, how does one drink? How does one drink this? So, uh, uh, in order to fulfill the obligation of drinking, says, says the Mishnah Burrah, that there shouldn't be a big gap, that's quoting the, Mish- the Shulchan Aruch, the Yoter Achilat Pras, it cannot take longer than eating half a loaf of bread. Then the beginning of the drinking and the end of the drinking do not combine and one hasn't fulfilled one's obligation. And in which case one would have to go back and drink again. Even the last to uh, Kosot. Remember, the Mishnah said if one wants to add between the third and the fourth, one is not allowed to add. It looks like one is adding onto the Takana of Chazal. However, says the Mishnah brother, if one had a big hepsack, then one didn't fulfill it even bin and therefore one has to go back and drink again. And then says the Mishnah Bura Right? One should be careful even to drink it for the time it takes the majority of a rabbit. Um, and, and basically, um, but, but, but that, he says, listen, if, if you didn't drink it then that quickly, don't add another cup. That's not. And what's the bottom line? He says one should try to drink the majority in one gulp, not one gulp, two gulps, but that, that's really how one should do it in, in a very short uh, period of time what's what's uh what's um not drinking could they price according to the machmir opinion that's four minutes that means if you didn't drink the majority of a rabbit within four minutes um we are now getting into a problem that you might have to drink again according to more lenient opinions you can go up to nine minutes um, but one should definitely not get oneself into a suffix and therefore one should definitely try and drink it before the four minute uh, time barrier. Once you're getting into four minutes, then you're getting to different opinions and uh, that is not advisable. Okay. Uh, we mentioned the size of the cup. So the, w- let's just discuss this. We know that there's a famous machloket between uh, the Nolbi Yehuda and the Nolbi Huda. Uh, lived approximately 200 years ago, and when he was measuring, according to all the measurements that Khazal uh, described, he came to the conclusion that something is amiss, that the Kazayat doesn't equal, uh, you know, it, there's a ratio. There's a ratio of the kazayat and a Kabatza, etc., etc., and the ratios weren't adding up and therefore the notable famously paskand that kanir that nature has changed and the fruit that we have today and generally eggs fruits uh, have, have have become smaller meaning that if Chazal said we have to eat the kazayit the size of an olive you cannot go into your backyard and pick an olive off the olive tree and say, "Okay, this is the size of an olive," because the olive that we have today is not the same olive that was in the times of Chazal. And therefore, basically, according to the Noda B'Yehuda, in a very broad definition, he basically says you have to double the um, the size. So instead of the size of an olive being the size of what we would, you know, what you'd pick off your tree, it would be two olives. So that that's a very uh, kind of a, a, a approximate way of defining the Shi'orim. According to the Nodab all the Shi'orim you have to double the size. Um, and that was a big discussion amongst the poskim whether we should accept the opinion of the Nodab Yehuda. So there were famously in the last generation, a huge machloket between Rav Chaim Na'eh, commonly known in the Yeshivot world as the G'rach and the Chazonish. The Chazonish accepted the opinion of the Nodabi Huda as standard halacha and the Grachnae said that, that, that that's not true, that the Shirim are basically the same Shirim, one doesn't have to double any size. And this is a machlok that been going on for the last 200 years. The Mishnah Brura gives us a rule of thumb of whether we go like the Nodabi Huda or whether we go. Like the standard size according to what we see in today's time. Says the Biro Alacha in Siman Reshayin Aleph. Siman Reshayin Aleph is in Hilchot Shabbos, regarding in Kiddush, if I'm not mistaken, and he says as follows Ulamaisi, Nire, the Leinian do Oraita. when it comes to any mitzvah which is from the Torah, Kagon Kazait Matzah, such as the Kazait of eating Matzah, B'lel Pesach, the Vada Yesh Lachmir Kediv Rehim. One should be machmir, like the opinions that followed the Norbi Yehuda, the Chaylin Kiddush and similarly Kiddush at where Ikarohu Doraitu. Now, drinking wine on, on Kiddush is, is rabbinical, but the Mitzvah Lekadesh at Tashabat is Doraita. For there also, one should try to fulfill the obligation according to how the Norbi Yehuda, the Tzlach, uh understands it and, uh, the chain b khatam sofer machmir gam ken leinyan levit kidvarah and the khatam sofer was similarly machmir in this regard however mihu says mishber Linyan kid shachrit shach kosher brocha regarding kid during the day which is clearly older apana and any kosher brocha yeach li smach min hagol hamcheno gain kem va etc. and primagadim and sharachronim, that say, no, we go according to the standard size of an olive as in today's time. Okay, so the bottom line is that according to the Mishnah he gives us a rule of thumb. When it's a din, do, you should be machmir, like we're going to call it shir chazonish. Even though it's not really, the Khazanish didn't create this Shir. The Khazanish is really just accepting the opinion of a previous generation. Uh, well, few generations before him, of the Notabihuda, but it's known as Shir Khazanish. Uh On the other hand, when it's a Dindar so Dinderabanan says in Mishnabura, one can be Michael. we're going to call it Shi'ur Grachna'e. Now, the four cups of wine, as we've seen, is only a Dindar and therefore, theoretically there's no need to have more than the standard shearer of the Grachna, eh? which is what uh, which is 86 uh, mils in a cup and according to the Chazonesh, it's 150 mils now there's one difference that if we go by the rule of thumb of the Mishnah Brura, the first cup of wine the first cup of wine is also on, said on Kiddush, and we said that Shab, that Kiddush, according to the Mishnah since the car of Kiddush is mitaraita, therefore one also should try and have a bigger cup. So some have the custom for the first cup of uh, of of wine to drink a bigger size cup, and for the rest of uh, the seder to drink a smaller cup. Now, first of all, for one, one can be lenient regarding this in two ways. First of all, it could be that only the person who's saying Kiddush, he only should have a bigger cup on, on for the first cup and, and for false obligation according to the Mishra. Not every person has to have a big cup. Only the person who saying Kiddush. That's uh, point number one. Point number two uh, point number two is that it's not so clear. And this is a big discussion amongst Zahronim. Do we say that Kiddush on Yontev is also the oraita? This is a famous truva of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Rabbi Akiva Eger, um, who discusses this point. So those who don't want to have a big cup or, don't, or aren't able to have a big cup of 150 mils for the first cup, there's also they, they are, one can also rely on that opinion. And again, it's all only a lechat uh, according to the Mishnah since it's not really a mitzvah d'oraita, the mitzvah d'oraita is on the kiddush itself. The Kos is clearly derabanan, and therefore it's not the same as dr- uh, eating matzah, where there we're going to be very makfed to have uh, the go try and get to the shear of the chazonish. Okay, so that is all regarding the uh, laws of uh, the arba Kosot. Um... What about reclining? What about reclining? So um, the, the Rambam says in his Parusha Mishnah, the <laughs> Shochlin that they obligated us to recline when eating like kings. Because <laughs> this it shows that we are that we are um, free people. And the Rambam adds in Hilchot mitzrayim. every person has to show as if they themselves have gone out of Egypt and become free. Has to eat and drink. So the Rambam says, part of the Takana of drinking wine is that it also has to be done. we said that according to the Rambam, that was the reason why the sages instituted drinking wine to begin with, was to show that we free people. And how do free people, how do free people drink? They drink by reclining. And therefore, um, and therefore that would be the the dead. Now that is true in the times of Chazal. In the times of the Romans, you know, that's how they used to eat. They used to eat reclining. However, today, who reclines? We have, uh, you know, very fancy uh, uh, seats. But that, that's how we eat. We eat at a table. So the Rabiya was one of the Rishonim, one of the early baal uh, e uh, says, <speaking in Hebrew> This is already in the times of the Middle Ages, going back almost to, you know, 800, 900 years. Says the Raviyah, no, no, one, no one reclines. Says, says the Raviyah, what are you doing reclining? That's not the way of free people. The way of free people is we sit at a table like mentioned. So now what do we do? Do we pass connect the Rambam that you have to recline? And if you didn't recline, well, li you haven't fulfilled the obligation. According to the Rabbi. no, you don't, uh, there's no need to recline. The Shulchan Aruch pascans in tough eye in bed, may meiseib lo yatei al gabo velo al pana velo al yamino, elah al smalo, he has to lean to his left. Kol mi shetsarich, I call mi shetsarich ha-seivah, and any person that needs to recline, im achal lo shata velo ha-seivah lo yatsa. if he ate or drank without reclining, he did not fulfill his obligation, vetsarich lachazo velecho veleshtot pa-seivah. So for those who are struggling with all the shiorim of all the, you know, drinking, or the, the, the intake of wine and the intake of matzah, so the worst thing that one can do is forget to recline because says the Shulchan Aruch, then you got to go back and do it again. So that's, uh, that's going to be a problem. So, but that's, the, that's how the Shulchan Aruch paskins, i.e. the Shulchan Aruch did not accept the opinion of the Rabbi. Yeah? He says, the Rambam paskins, we have to recline, even though maybe the minag has changed, it makes no difference. This was the takana of Chazal. Now, there could be, you could be, well, well let's just discuss the opinion of the Ramah and then let's continue. The Ramah says their class that the, 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 today's time we don't generally recline. So says the Ramah, that we will rely on the Ra'aviyah. Meaning that the Ramah says, I accept the opinion of the Rambam that today we recline. However, if one didn't recline, I'm not going to pass like the Shulchan Aruch that one has to go back and re-eat and re-drink. Rather one can rely on the Raviyah and say that we didn't need to recline. And then says the Ramah something interesting. If a person didn't drink the third or fourth cup, right? one can, one shouldn't go back and drink reclining. Remember the Ramba, the, the, um, the Mishnah said that if one wants to add between the third and fourth cup, one is not permitted to do so. Meaning that it's a problem. Now, because there's a suffix over here, Right, says Rama, rely on the ravya and don't go back and drink uh, reclining because you get into a problem of being mossy. Okay. But for the first two cups, in such a case, he has to go back and drink without a brocha. And similarly, regarding matzah, and one should recline for the entire soda so I just want to point out that when it comes to reclining says the Ramah that if one didn't recline for the third and fourth cup one doesn't return one doesn't return onto the um, uh, 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 and, and drink however we saw that according to the Mishnah Brurai, if one didn't drink the third and fourth cup, toch pras, right? One, four or nine minutes, one was just sipping, but one didn't drink uh, over a long period of time. There, even for the third and fourth cup, one would have to go back and drink again. Now the Shulchan Aruch says, an interesting halacha, Isha a woman doesn't need to recline unless she is considered important. Says the Ramah, all of our women are considered important, and therefore, according to the Aruch, if 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 women are important, then they should all be reclining. Now, the Ramah says something very, very interesting that needs further uh, explanation. However, women had the minag not to lean, ki for well, they, they relied on the opinion of the Ravyah, the Katab, the Bilzana, Zeh, and La'asef. Now, this is difficult. Why? Because if the Ramah says that we don't accept the Ra'aviyah, right, then women should, you know, they should not, they should also recline. And if we do accept the, the Ra'aviyah, so then why did the Ramah only say, but yeah, we can rely on the Ra'aviyah? Which one is it? Do we accept the Rabia or do we not accept the Rabia? It seems like we make a distinction. Women, they accepted the opinion of the Rabia and the men didn't. You know, that's... Were, what, what, how, how is it? You know, one household, two, 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 two levels of kashtud. What, what, what's going on over here? So Rabbi, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach has a beautiful explanation. Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach explains as follows. That really, according to the Ramah, the Ikar Halacha follows the Rabia. However, so why 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 do it anyway? Because we are doing what our ancestors did. Because there was a minag, not me ikara the deen, deen of Kherut, but to do what to follow in the footsteps of our ancestors, just as they did. Why do I recline? Do I recline because that shows the kheirut, or do I recline because that shows how our ancestors celebrated freedom? Says Rabbi Arbach, we do it today not because this is the definition of free people drinking, free people drinking, don't recline. However, we do it because this represents how our ancestors drank as free, as, as free people i.e., we are following the Minag Avotain. But now it says something very interesting. If we're just doing it as to, to kind of commemorate the Minag of our ancestors, well, in the times of the Gemara, the woman didn't lean. So that's why the woman says as follows if the Ikaradin is like the Rabia but you just want to do it to commemorate the minag, but there wasn't a minag for the woman. So therefore the woman said, okay, we're going to go, According to the rabbi. The men on the other hand said, no, we do it to commemorate the minag, right? So that's why they, th- there was a minag that the men used to recline and therefore they would do it. So that is an explanation of Hashanah Zaman Arbach, how to explain the difference between men and women. La maise, la maise, uh, uh, many Ashkenazi women do recline. And the Ben Yishchai and Rabbi Yosef say that all Svari women are considered as well and therefore they should also recline. So the bottom line is that all women are considered important and therefore for Svari women they should definitely recline. Ashkenazi women, some re- say we pasken like the Ramah that even though we consider important, nevertheless we do not recline. Okay. Um, let us continue to the next halacha and that is um, Urchatz. Urchatz is dipping. Uh, we then dip the. the uh, we we have to wash our hands, and the reason why we wash hands is we're about to eat a vegetable, and the vegetable that we're going to eat, we dip it in salt water. Most of us are uh, dipping in salt water. It seems like there wasn't a minag in the Gemara. The minag in the Gemara was maybe to dip it in chazeret. Not not so clear. But says the Shulchan not any Adam let zorich tibul rishon, but lo ivarech alatilat. Why do we not make a bracha on this nati'la? It explains the mitzvah b'ra, because yesh miksat rishonim. The savor shaloyt risho chachamin nati'lat yadaim. The damar shetibul obamashke. Right? That we pasken in general that many achronim say today, we since we don't need to, there's no dinim of tumen Tara anymore. We're not makpid on these dinim, and therefore. Even if I, uh, you've got an apple that is wet, you don't need to do natilat yadaim. However, only that was bimahem, shay yochlim That was in the times of the Beit HaMikdash when they were makpid to eat batara, and if an apple got wet, it now became susceptible to the laws of impurity. That's when you had to do natilat yadaim. But since today, we don't have those dinim, so you don't need to do natilat yadaim. And that's why we don't do uh, the broch of because of safek Brachot Lahakel. The question is, why we do it at all, right? Why should we do it at all? So, some achronim say, What do you mean, why do you do it all? This is the Taz, if I'm not mistaken, says people should be makpit on this the entire year, and it's very important, and uh, and there's no excuse. Other opinions say, Even though people this is in the name of the Natsib, the Natsib says, Even though. Many Akronim are not makpit about this din during the year. Why are we makpit on, on Leil HaSeder? Zeicher lebet HaMikdash. It's one of the hidden zeichers that we do. lebet HaMikdash, how they used to eat the Karban Pesach, how they used to eat in the Beit So Sotu says in the Tzib. this is one of the reasons. Not even if you hold, that, and certain Akronim say today you don't need to worry about washing hands. Nevertheless, I said, "We do wash because We're trying to re- commemorate, not just going out of Egypt, but we're also trying to commemorate what it meant to celebrate the carbon uh, uh, carbon uh, Pesach in Yerushalayim in the times of the Beit Hamikdash." Okay, so that's a it's a it's a very uh, interesting point of the Natsiv, and the Natsiv has that uh, as a theme in many of the uh, many of the dinim that come across uh, regarding the the uh leila seder for example <laughs> we invite people off the streets one of the reasons why we say that says the uh, yeah i think this is in the name of the mitzvah again is to highlight that if it was at the time of the Beit HaMikdash, we wouldn't have been able to have done that because people had to be minuyim. They had to be pointed as part of a group to come and eat the carbon Pesach. You couldn't just, if, if you wanted to come and join a group, but you weren't part of the group at the time of the shechting of the carbon Pesach, you couldn't eat from that carbon Pesach. So this highlights the distinction of, we start off our Leila said and say, you know, anyone who wants to come in, come and join us. That is to highlight that today we don't have a carbon Pesach. So sometimes we're highlighting to remember how it was. Sometimes we highlight that there's a distinction. But all the time, it's got to be cognizant in our minds. Leila Seder is celebrating going out of Egypt. And it is also commemorating how it should be celebrated. Obviously, together with the carbon Pesach in Yerushalayim. Okay. Um, We are running out of time. Um, so I'm just going to stop. Let's, let's see what we can get through. Uh, says the says, Gemariah uh, Why do we eat the vegetable before, before starting the meal? And this is, the Gemariah says It's in order to arouse the kids that they should see that something's different and provoke them to ask questions And that will kick off the main part of the Seder, which is Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim Magid. So when Chazal instituted this din that we have to eat the vegetable, the question is, um, what do we have to do? Says the Rambam, in Yilchot (inaudible) HaMetsu Matzah Perek Chet HaLach Abet, Matchel Mavarech Borei Adama, Velokeach Yerek Umetabeloto Becharoset Vochel Kezayit, the Rambam stresses that this is a din that Chazal instituted, and therefore, if it's a Chazal instituted, and you have to eat the vegetable, eating, there's, not, there's no such thing as eating less than a Chazal. So one has to eat a Chazal. But then the Rosh says as follows, uh, that one doesn't need to eat a maror. When it comes to eating Okay, there you have to eat the kazait. The first vegetable Since the Chazal didn't say we have to eat, there wasn't a din to eat, right? It's just if you eat, you make a brocha. And therefore you don't need to eat the kazait. Not only according to the Rosh and the Rashba do you not have to eat the kazait? But according to the Maharik, think my rick or Mayaril, I can't remember, one of them, he says, one shouldn't eat a kazait And why one shouldn't eat a kazait Because if you eat a kazait then maybe you have to make a bracha achrona, right? And, and, and that, that could get into a suffolk brachot. And because it's getting to a suffolk brachot, so it says to Marik, rather don't eat a kazait And how does the Shulchan Aruch pasken? Very interesting, the Shulchan Aruch, generally paskens like the Ramba However, over here, he's for the shitta of the Marik, that one should eat less than a kazait in a and dip it in the vinegar. The so the, here you have the Shukanarach paskening against the Rambah. Says, no, don't eat the Kazai. Preferably don't eat the Kazai. And the Mishnah says, now this is a famous machloket. the Vilna Gaon says the Alakha follows the Ramba and he disagreed with Shulchan Aruch and uh, if you're a brisk chassid uh, you follow the Vilna Gaon as well because uh, well you follow the Ramba right Rav paskin like the Ramba. that the briskas and the talmid agra all paskin like the Ramba, one should eat a kazait however I think the majority of Krali shell accepted the opinion of the mission of, of, of the Shulchan Aruch so one should try eat less than a kazait um most of the kids uh, at least in my, my uh, little experience, are very muckpit to follow the shitta of the Rambam, uh, to eat a kazait. Uh, they are very hungry and therefore they are very muckpit to make sure they eat a kazait. And uh, no matter what the adults say, they are very muckpit that they follow the Shitta of the Rambam. Again, There could be also the shita of the grain and Rav Chaim, um, and it's not necessarily a, 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 a train smash. The Mishnah Brura says. And even if one ate a kazayit uh, because the first brocha is all, I'm also thinking about it for the marrow. I'm not going to say a borei priyadama on the marrow. When I say a borei priyadama on the karpas, I'm thinking also it's going to cover the marrow. And therefore, don't say brocha achrona. Because if you say a achrona, then what are you going to do? You're going to make a, 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 another borei adam on the marrow. It's a balagan in hilchot brachot. Says bro we don't do that. Safek brachot lahakel, we don't do that. By the way, this is generally uh, the Shulchan is very consistent. Shulchan is consistent that although he usually passes like the Rambam when it comes to Hilchot Brachot, whenever there's a safek, he, he's very wary of it and he is generally mekel safek brachot lahakel and therefore he doesn't uh, side with the Rambam. And since over here there's a machlok, he doesn't side with the Rambam. Okay, uh, we then break the uh, we we break the matter like we've got we've got about five minutes so i'm just going to um just thinking what we should do um you know what okay so yeah. we'll, ju- we'll 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 just end with yachatz, and uh, next week we'll discuss magid and motzi matzah which are which are two the two mitzvot or writer right which is the the the, the Maggid mitzrayim and hilchot Matzah. so we'll just end off with Yachat. Yachat says uh, which is which is part of the din of of shmuel of of, of hilchot matza amar yeah. shmuel lechem Oni kative lechem shani malad varim that shmuel explains that lechem Oni is a play on the word one to 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 speak or to answer. And therefore Tanya hachi lechem oni lechem alav dvarim that the matzah is something that we tell the sipur tziat mitzrayim over. another explanation, lechem ani, ani No, it, it doesn't come from the word one. it comes from the word ani, puer. Ma ani just as a poor person, he doesn't know when his next meal is coming along and therefore he breaks it up and he puts uh, part of it back there and part of it there, so too over here, um, this is where one has to break it. Now the question is as follows, if one takes the matzah and breaks it, then we're going to have a problem because we need Lechem Mishnah to say Hamotzi, right? It's, uh, on every Chag, we always have Lechem Mishnah. So what are we going to do when we have Lechem Mishnah? It says the in Gimbal, Matzah Sa'it you take the middle matzah, again the Shulchan already is hinting that to the way to get around the problem is to take three matzot and therefore you take the middle matzah and you break it in two, part of it is going to be hidden away and guarded for the afikoman okay, the Shulchan says we get around the problem of the because we take two whole matzahs and the third matzah is the matzah that we break and yeah. the primagadim says yeah. one should break it with one's hand and not, um, not with a knife which is very very interesting it gives us an inkling into understanding how they made matzahs in the times of the primagadim meaning that before before you know the machine made matzahs Basically, they were matzahs could very well have looked like very very thin malawach, or, 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 or you know a very thin uh, pancake or something something like that that's soft that can be rolled, and uh, you know there are today soft almost like a laffa, um, a, a very soft thing. So I, I know that there are uh, there are uh, matzahs today that one can buy that are called soft matzahs. Um, as far as I know, I don't think they have an Ashkenazi Heksher on them, and the simple reason is because it's not our minag. And so not necessarily that there's any problem with it, just because the minag Ashkenaz, at least for the last uh, 200 years or so, has been uh, has been to have you know the matzah that we know that there's no such thing as cutting a matzah. I've never seen someone cut a matzah with enough. Um, right. But the, the Primagadem was describing something that we didn't have. And the Mishnah, um, the Mishnah Bura adds, Yesh, So we will end tonight, uh, today's shir over there. Next week, Bezrat Hashem, we'll deal with Magid, and we'll deal with Sipur uh, Yetziat Mitzrayim. Perhaps we'll also deal with uh, some other things, uh, the Halachot of Erev Pesach, uh, sorry, Halachot of yeah, Erev Pesach when it falls out on Shabbat, um, and the unique halachot that are going to be uh, for this year, um, and Bezrat Hashem, we should all uh, get ready for Chagah Gerula. Kaltav. Kaltav.